Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. It's a daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can follow me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Rory Spence. You can find me at dogcarenetwork.com and my YouTube channel, Hangover Reviews. Cool. Awesome. Thank you for joining us this week. Uh, you're our very first overseas guest. Oh, really? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, well, it's awesome. It's an honor. <laughs> uh, what's your what's your relationship like with these films? The Man these of Steel films? and all that. Uh, well, I'm a big Superman fan, uh, comic book wise, and you know, all movies really in general. Um, this this film in particular, I do like quite a bit. I've I've not been a fan too much of the the cinematic universe as it went on, but I do I do like this film. And uh, cool. I, I like Henry Cavill as Superman a lot. Oh, absolutely. We, uh, I think we all agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, today on Man of Steel, uh, we're talking about minute number 111, and it starts with an F-35 fighter jet crashing into a building, and then the minute ends with Jor-El pleading with General Zod to stop his attack on Earth. Um, the way this minute starts is kind of... Uh, Seems kind of weird. I don't know how else to describe it, but 16 years ago there was an event here in our country uh, that seems a little bit similar. Um, but yeah, it does kind of remind people about a certain event. Maybe it was supposed to, like, just. Do like, you think it was supposed to? I think it was supposed to be like, hey, so I was gonna this ask is you, uh, intentional. Yeah, it's like this is kind of like it's a pain point. It's like let me just shove some salt right in there and make it you guys feel like this is a really dangerous situation because think about it what if people that were like actually you know and on the street the on the heaven and then they saw that movie it was like oh fuck you think it was like vietnam flashbacks and kind of did like is that too much uh <laughs> See, that's what's weird. It's like you can do a Vietnam movie. Oh, God. And Well, like, no, there's plenty of World War II movies. There's plenty of... And, like, people still go see those. And Dude, there were 9-11 movies, like, two months after it happened coming out. Don't you remember? Were they? There was, like, the fireman movies. Yeah. There was, like, actual... The plane movies and the hijacking. John Travolta was in one. Patriot's Day, out last year, a year after the Boston Marathon bombing. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So... Hmm. Like, what's going on? It's uh, I remember I was listening to the radio. I was listening to talk radio, and they were like actually talking about the same thing. It was like because I think it was they were talking about the Boston Massacre one, and it was like, how do you just go right out and make a movie about this? Like, what the hell's the point of that? Well, I don't know. It's a good question because if I saw a tragic event, I probably my first thought would never be let's make a movie about it. But there's always that <laughs> there's, one person. It's more than one person, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's a little weird. So, and what's even more crazy is the fact that this whole minute is through the lenses of someone on the ground. Yeah. So you're seeing it as like a civilian, like people who would have saw it back 16 years ago in New York. Um, so like Metropolis, I wrote down here, uh, Metropolis, although filmed in Chicago is meant to mimic New York, uh, which makes the similarity that much more vivid because... If Metropolis is supposed to look like New York, and then you see a plane crashing into a building, like there's no other way to think about it. Like yeah. that reminds them of 9/11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
which is yeah which is crazy but you know <laughs> this minute we do get jenny's point of view most of the time throughout this minute uh she's kind of like our ground zero civilian on the ground uh we get to see and experience um everything she's going through so we kind of feel like we're in that moment i have a question so we've talked about it before that jenny was supposed to be female jimmy olsen yeah was that after this movie came out was this still like or, or did do did we ever talk about that did they when was the change made from jenny to you know Jen, jenny olsen to jenny whatever her last name was jerwich jerwich yeah was that after Man of Steel came out? Like what they did in, in Dawn of Justice with the, the Metallo, uh, John Corbin? Mm-hmm. Was it the same thing? Is it supposed to be kind of like, this is Jimmy Olsen's point of view now? Like switch it up for the, these minutes a little bit. Yeah, they uh, they wanted it to be like, well, she's Jenny Jurich, and people were like, oh, is she like Jenny Olsen's character? And then later on when they were making Dawn of Justice, they were like, no, we actually went ahead and casted a jimmy olsen right so but kind of like retconned when it. was that though when did it in between. retcon it in yeah, between after, after man of steel so this is still so, so what we're watching now think, in this minute this is supposed to be like a mimicking of a jimmy olsen point of view yeah okay. and then like there was kind of like a, oh where's jimmy olsen in the film why isn't jimmy olsen in the film like who's this girl like, yeah yeah, yeah. Why no, i remember just, all and that. then they yeah. were like you know what fine we'll we'll cast a jimmy olsen just so we can kill him off so y'all can be quiet yeah so that was the that was that I do uh, quite like Perry's style in this. Like, and throughout the movie, I noticed I quite like his look. He's got uh, like nice shirt and tie and everything. But I was thinking during this, the first thing I would have done is loosened my tie and undone my top button. Yeah, <laughs> I would not be running about like that. Yeah, no, you got a point. And what I think even Steve Lombard still has his jacket on. Yeah, when we see like later on. So Steve Lombard yeah. I like as well. I like the casting of him a lot because oh yeah, I remember seeing this film for the first time and. The minute he came on screen, I thought, oh, that's Steve Lombard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how yeah, I knew it, cool. but I just, there's something about him that I recognized him as Steve Lombard. Hey, man, it's uh, intuition. Yeah. Yeah. It is pretty cool. <laughs> I think what's, you know, what's so terrifying about this moment is that after the F 35 crashes into the building, they're like, the police is like, okay, well, I got to guide you away from what just happened. So he's, like, really urging them, like, hey, come this way. And Jenny, like, follows him, you know, you know, is directed elsewhere. Mm-hmm. As soon as she turns the corner where he's telling her to go, <laughs> building, there's a building coming down. It's, yeah. like, it's such a sinking feeling that, like, no matter where you're going, you're stuck in this, like, catastrophic event. Concrete jungle. Yeah. I mean, that's insane with, like, that jet that actually crashed down. Like, that, I remember first scene this movie and like that was something that always stuck with me especially i mean this whole end fight scene you know the last however many more minutes we have 30 minutes of this movie it's all like really you know super destruction and all everybody was having mixed reviews about it when it first came out but i loved it but what i always remembered was this specific minute because it was the jet that was crashing into one building and then another building and then like Mm-hmm. Just like that thought of like, wow, that that's a lot of destruction. Like, can you just imagine just a, a a jet like going into just like a you know skyscrapers and stuff? It's ridiculous. And then all of a sudden, this other massive building is just collapsing onto other small buildings. Like, what do you do? I don't know. It's uh, it's just incredible. I don't think what what was the word, phrase? Uh, disaster porn that we're calling it. Yeah. If you're not a fan of it, then you would call it that. Yeah. I don't. No, see, it's not like I'm neither a fan of it nor do I think it's over the top. It's just like, this is a lot of 
destruction that I think would actually be happening if there was a massive alien ship in the middle of a busy city. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so you know, once Jenny turns a corner and then she sees that giant building coming down, which uh, you know, it's it's weird to say, but it's almost like um, just a really nice animation job with the the building coming out. It's so mm-hmm. lifelike, yeah. That you know, it's great job doing it, but it's terrifying that you did it um she's stunned and uh you know you know she's stunned. like perry's trying to get after her just you know trying to save her and then all the you know then steve has to help them too yeah before the building comes down so they go into an alley um and then the building crashes onto the ground um everyone else that was with them I think it's safe to say that they didn't make it. <laughs> Everybody yeah, that was running like, the opposite way down the street or like the same direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, the music that's played, I think we talked about it before is, is a song terraforming, which mm-hmm. is the track that this is the very same clip that when our episodes end, it's that, it's that track it? that plays. That's why it's so familiar. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's the exact same thing. Uh, so so th- this is when, this is when the building, they go down the side street, right? Yeah, so the building is coming down towards them. They're running away from it, and then Steve directs them to to take a sharp turn into a oh. into an alley. Like right, like like this. Yeah, kind of. Do you yeah. think they miss it? Do you think this bu- this building is gonna be crashing onto like this building that's like here where they're going down side streets, like? Or is that just well? Obviously, we see in the next minute. So. Yeah, we see All in right. the next minute. <laughs> But um, let's talk about two other people who show up in this minute. All right. So after they, um, after Steve, Perry, and Jenny go into an alley and they are safe? Question mark. We'll find out. Uh, we come back to the scout ship, the uh, Fortress of Solitude, um, and we see General Zod and Jor El. And Jor El starts with the line, "Our people can coexist," and. Then General Zod says, so we can suffer years of pain trying to adapt like your son has. Do you want me to keep going? Um, no. What do you mean? Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> um, yeah, I remember bringing that up in that earlier minute. Um, that, uh, oh gosh, now I'm, now I'm drawing a blank. About what minute was? Or just no, I was in I kinda the context. Got, no, in the context, but now I kind of got lost. So I, was, I went down another train of thought. I was thinking... So Jor-El was, um, he was, the AI was put into the, the Black Zero last time we saw this, and it was taken out by Lois. Lois still has it. She's on the, on the, on the, on the Space Baby Cal ship. Mm-hmm. That's where Jor-El's, I guess, supposed to be. I don't know. Does Jor-El show up in that thing if he could? That's a thing. doesn't matter. That's not my question. So, like, does the AI just, like, get saved on the scout ship? Like, because it, like, comes back, doesn't it? I, I feel like it would always have to be in the little in the codex itself you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like having a usb file that like just ai usb and you put it in your computer it stays there like cortana but then cortana can also get transferred but no she leaves well hold on now i'm throwing (laughs) hold on (laughs) you lost me so he's jorel's on the scout ship yeah and but his his command key is not there right so like i guess he gets saved that would mean that he's also on the Black Zero. Still. Meaning he could have done something. Probably. Okay. And then 
he's also in the command key that's of the space baby cow ship so he could also do something there i think the big thing to take away from that is that he's on the black zero and he could do something yeah is that a plot hole i'm not entirely sure <laughs> i think it might be i think the plot hole still remains that like why did you need to destroy both the the black zero and the world engine like i mean what if you just like bomb the black zero first it would just stop it's mm-hmm. like control ship it would just stop stuff to the world engine yeah and then there would just be a giant space alien statue in the indian ocean hmm indian ocean pacific ocean what was it indian right hmm then Joros, that's it that's all you want to talk about that leave it op- we're just gonna we're leave it open you just leave it open ended. <laughs> that's my answer <laughs> Joro then says you're talking about genocide general zod did i get that right Jor-El says, you're talking about genocide. General Zod says, yes, and I'm arguing its merits with a ghost. Yeah. What are the merits of genocide? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. I think that's a... They probably always ask themselves that when they were filming this movie, so... Well, this goes back to, like, what's deemed inferior, and then I can, you know... If I'm superior, then I can... Then it's okay, kind of Yeah, like, how do the Kryptonians pick which planet to go to? Or, like, if you go into a forest and you say, yeah, we're going to turn this into a housing development. Mm. Now you're killing off... Deforestation, you know, man. Yeah. Hitting, hitting it hard. Like, I can kill animals because they're animals. And you can think of humans as animals. You can think of a certain or, type of humans as animals. If you wiped out a forest where there was a, like... If you were going to cause genocide, you would not be allowed to build a housing development there. Is that a rule? Uh, yeah, work in landscape design. <laughs> so, <laughs> you would get an ecological survey, and uh, <laughs> if, if you were going to kill off an entire species, you probably would not get planning permission to do that. <laughs> you anyway. I don't. I don't know your laws on that, but <laughs> I'm inclined. I'm inclined to think. The, <laughs> <laughs> I like the thought. Oh no, I don't like the thought of. Oh Jesus, I'm not even gonna go down that road. What about like in like the rainforest and stuff? That's obviously causes. That's deforestation. You know, that's where. Yeah. That's what we learn in school about deforestation. Are the laws there different? Is that? Yeah. That's, a, well, that's what it is. They're also not probably wiping out entire species, and I think there is a lot of corruption yeah. that happens around the deforestation of the Amazon, as well. Yeah, loaded questions. Wrong wrong podcast, sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, it all depends. Like, maybe it's not for, like, a housing development. Maybe there's uh, resources of some other kind. Like, um, maybe the type of wood that those forests offer or... Oh, you mean, like, the Trail of Tears? No, that is that is not the Trail of Tears. Why would you say that? <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what the Trail of Tears is? Yes, I know what the Trail of Tears okay. is. God. I was like, what does that have to do with anything? You lost me there. Genocide and oh yeah, the I mean, it yard, was kind of yeah, genocide. Yeah. Well, good land. Actually, yeah. they got the Native so Americans exactly, off good land, yes, exactly sent them to terrible saying. land, and then there was also resources on that land too. Yeah, you're right. Okay, now so it makes sense. It was like you know over a long period of time with you know the Trail of Tears, and then all of a sudden you know oil and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. what is that movie? Uh, the Dan- uh, Daniel Day Lewis. There will be blood. It's like you know. They don't talk about the Trail of Tears there, but it's all like the oil and and whatnot, hmm. taking, taking people's land and 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was like, you know, because of oil and whatnot, like you can get people off the planet or off the, off the <laughs> Sorry, I went back to Man of Steel and was thinking about like why generals I was just getting all these people off. Maybe we should just go back to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So your question is, what are the merits of genocide? I don't know. I don't if know I if he actually that. was saying that there were merits to it. I think he was just kind of like, I don't know if that was sarcastic it's or just something. like, why am I arguing this point with this computer? Because I think... Yeah. Maybe General Zod was like, um, I know it's bad. You don't have to tell me it's bad. Like, I don't need a, a f- like some ghost to tell me that this is bad. I know it's bad. I'm going to do it anyways, though. Do you think he realizes that it is bad? Yeah. You think he said, I, th- I think he's just trying to, to, to you know, um, he's only thinking of, like, his own kind. So, like, the word, the, the, the thought of this is bad it doesn't even exist in his mind it's the thought it, it gets overplayed overshadowed by the thought of i need to make my people survive hmm you know yeah maybe that's how you make a good villain i don't know what do you think rory yeah i think he's um he's clear he's great in this and he's always seems to just be his mind is on the task of just saving his people Mm-hmm. And it's just that's always very clear in what he's what he's doing. Um, and yeah, here I think he is like he has been a bit sarcastic when he says that I'm talking to a dead guy. Basically, you know, <laughs> no point yeah. in this conversation. Although he does keep having the conversation, <laughs> I don't know why he doesn't just start ignoring him after saying that. But maybe because it goes back to them just being real good friends, and like this is in his like I mean we do see at what is it. Uh, no, in next minute, there's a there's a pretty sad look on his face. Yeah. Um, when Jor-El kind of spoilers goes away. You know, wouldn't it be cool if Jor-El like wasn't an AI and was actually a ghost that was hunting General Zod the whole time, and he was just kind of like, it was just always in his head kind of thing. So if General Zod was like crazy. Yeah. I mean, that could that could happen. That could be a thing. But that'd be kind of cool. That'd be very Shakespearean. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot, yeah. actually. Um, the way I'm trying to think about it to justify General Zod, because you're like trying to argue its merits with a ghost. So it's like, um, let's say you're out in the wilderness and you're stranded, and like General Zod's alone, and like, like let's say he's like a, a human, he's a hunter, and like let's say you have a chance to kill a deer so that you can, you know, use all parts of the deer to to continue surviving like whether it's the bones or the the meat for food or like the skin for warmth or whatever and someone is telling you please don't kill that deer but it's like i don't find joy in killing it i just know i need to do it so that i can live and my people can live so if you put yourself in that kind of situation that's what he's i think that's what he means by the the merits of what he's trying to do yeah here absolutely because it's like if he doesn't do it Krypton is dead in yeah. his mind. I mean, it's already dead, but in his mind, he thinks it can come back. Yeah, I mean, we he learned. He says later that you know his sole purpose in life is protect his people. Yeah. And I was yeah. just trying to, I was trying to argue that he doesn't find joy in doing it. I think he just realizes this is exactly what he's going to do. Like this is no matter what. This is the planet. This is the effects of this planet. No, see, like it's weird because they're terraforming Earth to be like Krypton. Mm-hmm. Like why couldn't like Zod? Did we talk about this? Why does he actually choose Earth? Because the scout ship signal rang and he wants the codex. So, like, he just, he couldn't have just, like, taken, like, he couldn't have just, like, 
bang, knock Cal on his head, like knock him out, like put him in a thing. And okay, so like say like uh, Jor-El never helped Lois Lane on the Black Zero and like they got the codex extracted from him. Why does Zod just want to say, hey, we're just going to stay on Earth and kill all these people? Is it just because he's a crazy lunatic and like and likes that kind of thing? Why couldn't he just be like, all right, we got what we wanted. See ya with Cal on board the Black Zero. It's a new planet. You're already why there. Why couldn't he go to another planet? You're already there. There's people yeah. here. This is genocide. <laughs> this is why. Why this is exactly why you should argue the merits of genocide. Like because you could just say, "All right, I'm leaving." Is it because like it was like, "Hey, man," maybe it just goes back to the beginning of the movie where he was just like pissed off at Lara and Jor, and it was like, "I'm gonna find your son," and like the thought of him being living on this planet amongst these people i'm gonna kill them too because i hate everything do we know in this cinematic universe if there are if there is life in mars in oh in this one (laughs) there's theories we don't know for sure but there's there's still theories sitting around that we've even talked about i think the only thing that we know is that there were two other kryptonians on this planet before that's the only other signs of any additional extraterrestrial life. Yeah, as so, of right, right. now. Um, I was just wondering nothing if about they Mars. Could, they could just go to Mars and terraform. Yeah, Mars. I think we said that. Did we talk I think about we this? Think we were before? like, why can't you just have, go I think to? I've actually heard that. Yeah, I got heard yeah. an episode we did talk about. It. Maybe why I thought. Oh yeah, no man, I'm questioning ourselves too. So I like, think we <laughs> said like in another episode. I think we were like, oh maybe they did try to go to Mars, and they were like, nope, all those crazy white Martians were not okay with us, <laughs> and uh, so now we're here. That they, I mean, well, white and green Martians have a leg up on them because they'd be using, they'd probably freak them out with the telepath stuff. Yeah. This doesn't happen yet. We don't know. We're just like talking about fucking cartoons at this point. Like this isn't mm-hmm. this isn't existing. Um, but like I think it just goes back to to Zod wanting to having that vendetta against the you know House of L, where it was like, oh, you call this your home now? Well, your father kind of screwed us over and destroyed our home, so I'm gonna destroy your home. Is that what this is like? I think so. That's what I'm gonna contribute it to. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that. Yeah, it makes more sense than being unable to go to another planet. It does seem yeah. fairly vindictive. Yeah. Hmm. The line does end. Forgot to say it. We're both ghosts, Zod. Can't you see that? Yeah. So. Well, I mean, you could talk about that for the day. Jarrell's dead, and then Zod was, you know, his planet and his people are pretty He's much technically dead. dead. Yeah. So. Because as they said in a long uh, minute, lo- way back when, where he said... Um, we were just as much a failure, a product of Krypton's failure or something along those lines. Yeah. So, cool. Well, alrighty, We're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Definitely check out Hangover Reviews with Rory over here. And if you enjoyed everything you heard, uh, leave us a great review on iTunes. It really helps us out on the show. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.